Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Neil World Order podcast, coming to you on a cold, snowy night here in Wisconsin, one week till Christmas. Uh, have you got all your shopping done, presents wrapped, plans made? Um, well, we're putting our tree up finally tomorrow. We didn't get to that last week. Uh, got a lot of presents to wrap. A lot of things to do. Uh, we've been working in the basement uh, most of the weekend. Uh, got a lot done. Got uh, a pallet wall that was like a little breakaway piece. And a light installed. Sealed the boards for the other side uh, next to the bar. It's all coming along very well. Got a lot of stuff out of the basement. My wife did an awesome job of cleaning up. I tend to make a mess when I work. And I don't stay very organized, so she kind of cleaned all that up. But it was um, pretty, I mean, I'm I'm, pr- I'm pretty happy with where we are right now and the fact that, I mean, the house kind of smells like the polyurethane again. But um, a lot done. I kind of, you can almost see the finish line, then it just becomes the details of, like, decorating, you know, the new furniture, what to decide with the floor and rugs and whether or not I'm changing out light fixtures or leaving the existing things. Uh, as it gets closer, we posted a couple pictures today. She did, at least. Um, but, yeah, a lot a lot going on down there. Looking good. Kind of impressed. Uh, you know, obviously, I've said many times I'm not a handyman. And definitely building and re uh, renovating is not something I would call in my wheelhouse but I've learned a lot and uh you know it it gave me some confidence in my abilities and what I can and can't do I mean there's been plenty of headaches if you as you've heard me talk over the last couple months but yeah everything is moving right along right 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 along uh cold week this week here uh last couple days too the weather was kind of not as much tonight as it was last night a uh, lot of snow, windy, uh, it was drifting pretty bad. Not accumulation-wise, not a lot, but just enough to make it a little slick. Um, you know, it was it was the, fir- the first couple snows we got, which were pretty slushy because it was still kind of warm. Uh, last night and the little bit that fell today were kind of powdery because the temperatures, I think it says, it's like 19 degrees outside right now, so... Uh, kind of brutal. I mean, you know, up until the last week, the weather really hasn't felt like Christmas, you know, and I feel like a lot of people say they don't feel Christmassy this year for whatever reason. A lot of cloudy weather. We, I don't, I can't tell you the last time I saw the sun here, which sometimes becomes the worst part of Midwest winters. Those of you that live in the Midwest can probably attest to this, that it's just like you go through the, these gray blah days and I'm telling you, it just makes, it makes you tired, makes you miserable, makes you crabby and whatnot. Uh, but all in all, weather so far, like I said, up until last week, hasn't been bad. I mean, there were a couple, there was a couple of years ago on Christmas. I think the temperature was like 55 degrees. I remember wearing shorts and being like, heck yeah. But, um, you know, and like I've said many times, I'm cool also if it never snows again. But the crazy thing, you know, being a week out to Christmas, I guess that just means 2023 is right around the corner. Um, hopefully it's a great year. Uh, maybe we'll start to even get some sanity back in this country. Uh, probably won't hold my breath, though, to be honest. Uh, 
couple cool football games on today. It's at that point of the season where the NFL games start playing on Saturday. I think there were a couple minor bowl games. I saw Florida got destroyed by was it Oregon State. Um, they scored three. They kicked a field goal with like 37 seconds left just to make sure that they have some streak where they hadn't been shut out in so long. But uh, the Florida program's in a little bit of a turmoil. I think uh, they had a lot of players in the transfer transfer portal as far as leaving. Um, they uh, A lot of injuries, guys going to the NFL. I mean, part of it is they made a terrible coaching hire. And even though the guy's from my hometown or whatever, it, he was a terrible hire. I mean, it's I mean, it's good for me as a Tennessee fan. I hope Florida continues to suck just because they're Florida. But, um, yeah, you know, it was... I guess you you get what you get what you pay for down there. Uh, history making game tonight or this afternoon with the Vikings and the Indianapolis Colts. The Indianapolis Colts and their quarterback Matt Ryan, who had lost, who had been up twenty eight to three in the Super Bowl and lost, was up thirty three to nothing at halftime, and lost in what would be the biggest comeback in NFL history. Brutal. Like, two times have something like that happen to you? Like, I, I don't know. I mean, I guess the Colts have already fired their coach, and they had pulled Jeff Saturday off of ESPN to run the show. But, like, how you're not firing, cutting, releasing everyone. That was a team I thought was going to be decent this year, possibly maybe even a number two seed in the AFC. And, I mean, they're a complete shit show. They're as bad as the Packers. Who, fortunately... Uh, won't be disappointing me tomorrow as they play Monday night against the Rams, but uh, I saw the Rams won't have Aaron Donald with them. And the weather's supposed to be a little crappy in Green Bay. I think they're talking some snow, so we may have a chance there. Speaking of snow, I don't know if you guys saw uh, the Buffalo-Miami game tonight, which was actually a great game. Uh, you know, the handful of times, or I don't even know if it's been that many, that I've seen Miami on TV, aside from the time I thought Tua died on the field, they've been fun to watch. Um Tua has impressed me. I thought he would be a complete bust. Didn't think he had a shot to make it in this league. And he still may, injuries may take him out because that poor guy takes a beating. And I don't know how many concussions you can get before you just say, screw it. And your brain turns into scrambled eggs. But, uh, yeah, snow started. They had a shit ton of snow before the game in Buffalo. Um, and then it started snowing in the fourth quarter, like, really heavy. It was, like, 29-29 and but. Josh Allen, who's probably going to be the MVP, if not uh, Jalen Hurts of Philadelphia, led the Bills down the field, and they kicked a field goal. You know, they had to clean the snow off the field, so uh, they'd have a good spot. But very exciting game to watch, what I saw of it. Um, but, yes, uh, staying with football, uh, unfortunately, uh, college football lost one of its best minds and easily its best interview and uh, Mike Leach on Tuesday. Mike Leach was uh, 61. He was the current uh, head coach at Mississippi State University in the SEC, who actually is bowl eligible, and he had done some pretty good things at the program. Uh, he had previously coached uh, Texas Tech and Washington State. Uh, Mike Leach is credited with developing the air raid offense Leach's teams, uh, they always brought exciting offense uh, to wherever he was coaching. He uh, was offensive coordinator at Oklahoma, uh, I believe under Bob Stoops. He was current Tennessee coach Josh Heupel's offensive coordinator 
when he played for Stoops at Oklahoma. So there's kind of a cool connection there. And at one point, Leach was actually set to be the head coach at the University of Tennessee. Uh, and I, I don't know if this, it was before, uh, wow, I can't think of the uh, the clown that was there before we had Hypel, Jeremy, whatever his name was. And the AD got fired, the guy who was trying to hire Leach. So it didn't matter. The verbal offer didn't matter anymore because that guy had been fired. But Leach, I believe, was actually on a plane flying to Knoxville. And they were going to make this deal. And then the next year, this is when Leach was at uh, Washington State. The next year, then he came to Mississippi State. Uh, but, yeah, notable uh, players and um, coaches. Uh, USC coach Lincoln Riley, who was uh, the uh, Oklahoma coach before that. He actually played for Mike Leach at uh, Texas Tech, and Leach had told him, you know, you're probably never going to play. It, it might have been Texas, could have been Oklahoma. And he said, but I'll tell you what, I'll give you a coaching job right now. And that's how Riley, Lincoln Riley got his coaching, uh, his foot in the coaching door, and now he's one of the you know bigger coaches in the whole nation. Uh, Arizona Cardinals in the NFL, Cliff Kingsbury, uh, Played and coached under Mike Leach. Graham Harrell, who uh, broke multiple NCAA passing records under Leach at Texas Tech. He was a uh, backup quarterback here in Green Bay for, uh, I believe, during the Favre years. It might have been early in the Rodgers years, but I thought it was the latter towards the end of the Favre years. And uh, I believe he's coaching. He's head coach somewhere now. I just saw his name in the paper the other day, and I was like, oh, how random. Uh, Baylor head coach Dave Aranda, uh, considered one of the best defensive minds in football, also cut his teeth with Mike Leach, as well as Sonny Dykes and Dana Holgerson, who was at West Virginia, and I believe now he's at the University of Houston. So these were things I didn't know. I didn't know Leach had a real coaching tree other than, like, Cliff Kingsbury. But he was kind of Leach was kind of known for his quirky and comedic interviews, press conferences. He kind of didn't take himself too seriously, didn't overthink things. He was kind of just a funny guy. During a Pac-12 uh, coaches meeting once, Mike Leach offered this gem on candy corn. He said, "I never liked candy corn. I think it's just awful. You know, it's like fruit cake. There's a reason they only serve fruit cake once a year because it's awful." There's a reason they only serve mint juleps once a year, because they're awful. And there's a reason they only serve candy corn once a year, because it's awful. Now, that does beg the question why they, why they serve it at all, but that's just my opinion. That sums up Mike Leach right there. Uh, just his quick wit. He was brilliant, lighthearted, laid back, honest, a great football mind. Uh, unfortunately, we lost him you know, way too young. So, uh, Godspeed, Mike Leach. Uh, thanks for the great interviews and all the uh, amazing offenses you'd put on the field. Uh, they were always fun to watch. And you definitely leave a hole in uh, college football, as, you know, a lot of players and coaches had talked about this week, you know, after his untimely passing. But, you know, our thoughts go out to his family and, Life's short, man. You just you just never know. <sighs> I'm gonna need a sip of whiskey. I don't know if I mentioned I got my glasses. I I think I talked about going to the eye exam. My glasses actually came this week. Um, 
it's kind of like a whole new world. I feel like that movie with Roddy Piper, when he put him on and like saw that everybody was like these alien things. No, I just could see like, especially at night, because I'm very blind at night. And uh, I guess I don't see very well near either. So I had to get progressive lenses. Those of you who are as blind as me probably know what that means. But uh, I get my glasses through this site my wife had found called Zenny, where you could probably get like three or four pairs of glasses for what they cost you at the eye doctor. Um, they came pretty quick. It was about a week or so. You just send in your prescription and pick out your frames and all this online. They had this cool little like photo thing where it like fits it to your head and stuff. It's actually really neat. But um, so yeah, so far, uh, no headaches. Uh, I'll probably wake up with one tomorrow, but won't be able to blame the whiskey. Uh, speaking of which, um, before I move forward, for Christmas this year, I know, like as you get older, sometimes you know your Christmas present. My wife purchased for me a bottle of Jefferson Ocean, Jefferson's Ocean uh, whiskey. Um, we were at Costco tonight. It was a great deal on a bottle. Uh, the cool thing about the uh, Jefferson Oceans, I don't know why I have trouble talking on here sometimes. Maybe I'm, I'm turning into John Fetterman. Um, the barrels kind of get mixed at sea, so that's kind of like the whole ocean thing. They kind of get their life there as they're rolling back on the waves and stuff like that. Um, I'm very anxious to take a sip of this. It'll probably sit on the shelf for a long time till that special moment comes around, maybe when we get the bar and everything all finished down there and I have some of the guys over. But, yeah, I see the bottle staring at me right now, and I'm like, cool. I was kind of kidding around. It's like, oh, you could buy me this. This would be really cool because it was, you know, it's expensive. Obviously, Costco saves you some money, but it's still expensive for a bottle of liquor. And she she got it for me. So I'm a very blessed person. I know, you know, you, you got to get lucky. And, you know, hey, if you, if you don't ask, they can't say no, right? But um, anyway. I could sit here and talk about whiskey all night. But have you noticed that ever since, um, it's been, I don't know, has it been a month now since Elon Musk, the wholesale and takeover uh, he has of Twitter, that everyone's kind of, everyone on the left is kind of losing their minds uh, and leaving the platform. Uh, and I, I guess I don't understand why, you know, Musk, he restored president trump's twitter although i'm pretty sure trump has not even used it since then i could be wrong if he has but it seems like this week he oh this week he also restored the account of dr robert malone uh we talked about robert malone early in the or in the midst of the whole covid thing which was probably uh probably one of the i want to say the shake the disease episode which was it's impressive that i would remember that all the way back but it, it could have been a different one he was one of the uh, inventors of the MRA vac vaccine technology and one of the most outspoken critics uh, on the jab and the whole pandemic in general. Um, if you haven't heard some of the stuff Dr. Robert Malone has said, uh, you know, pretty much a lot of what he said you're seeing now, you're seeing people die from uh, myocarditis, you're seeing a lot of people just drop dead, younger people, people, you know, a lot of people didn't need the vaccine. Uh, I mean, well, technically isn't a vaccine because Pfizer's even, you know, Pfizer even admitted finally now, too, that the vaccine can and does cause blood clots. They admitted that to the FDA, 
FDA, uh, you know, Pfizer had admitted that the vaccine actually does not stop the spread of COVID. It doesn't really do anything, you know, and people are still out there like talking about it. And I still see commercials for it. I still see people wearing masks and I'm like, you know, we talk about this and I'm just like, you're going to be doing it forever. Like, just let it go. I mean, I think COVID's one of those things. If we quit talking about it, it'll go away just like racism. I think it only exists in our minds. But anyways, um, everyone is like on the left is freaking out and leaving Twitter. And it just seems like they hate free speech. Uh, you know, they'll say, oh, there's too much misinformation, hate speech, that it's it's this toxic environment, which to me, all that's laughable. Um, and, and I feel like a lot of those buzzwords like, I don't know, hate speech, misinformation, uh, it's it's just kind of like pussy rhetoric. Like like if you're soft, if you're a soft person and you you're not thick skinned and you're just kind of weak, you know, for lack of a better word. And I feel like a lot of that didn't exist before the whole scam of COVID and then and all of that. That I mean, I, there obviously certain things there would be some accountability for saying, but you could still pretty much say and and you can say whatever you want. But there wasn't always this, this uh, you know, cloud of being canceled and that whole cancel culture thing hovering above, you know, the minute you kind of went against the social narrative that the left is putting out there. Because that's kind of what they do. They kind of control, try to control the social narrative of this country and our society. And, and it's crazy. You know, you see it. You hear it everywhere. Um, and it just seems like there's this whole generation of thin-skinned dummies that are just afraid to hear anything they don't agree with. You know, and I, you know, I, I can talk to people I disagree with. Like, like I don't, I don't have a problem with that. I don't. I think I have some strong opinions, but I think in the last year or so too, I've learned to listen better. I'm not the same guy that started this podcast. You know, I think, you know, I still have a lot of some of those outlandish, brash things that I still say and I still think. But I also think, you know, you grow as a person and, you know, I, I think I do a lot of listening as well to different opinions on social media and stuff. Because part of it is you want to see where people come from. Maybe it's the uh, wannabe criminal profiler in me, so to speak. So you're trying to, you know, profile and analyze everyone and be like, okay, what's your damage? Why are you this way? What's the real problem? You're saying these words, but what are you really saying? Um, and it just seems like we used to be able to disagree a lot more than we, we could now in general, like as a society, you know, and, and I feel like now everyone just kind of cries about um, being offended or they say, oh, this is toxic or, you know, you're gaslighting or you know, it's hate speech, and, and like you know, we've gotten to a point where people think words are violence, and and it, it's it's idiocy. Like words are words. Like you know, I've said that I've I it's probably the millionth time I've said that there is nothing you could say insulting towards me that's gonna offend me. You know, like I think the harder you try, the more the less likely you will. Now, can people say things, you know, that make me th think less? Yeah, sure. And there's people I've cut out of my life because, you know, I, they don't enrich it. They don't bring value, um, you know, or conversations with them don't. Or, you know, there's, you know, it, it just is. And, um, but 
I don't know. I, I guess every t- everywhere I look, I kind of see people on social media just talking about how they've been offended or they're whining, they're crying, you know, and you're like, okay, where did, uh, you know, what did people used to do? You know, is this only happening because now there's an outlet for it? You know, just like there's an outlet for virtue signaling and everything else. Like when we were younger, you know, what when we were pissed, I don't know, what did we do when we were pissed? We go hit a punching bag, punch a wall, kick a ball, go do something. I don't know, drink it off, run it off, walk it off, drive it off. You know, and now it, it seems like people cry it off and talk it off and just you know, need to need this validation for their misery, you know, and the more sometimes I listen to people talk and it's like, I, I think people get so caught up in the way they feel, which, which being passionate about something is great, you know, but there is a problem sometimes if that passion overrides common sense and logic and you realize that you're, you know, there's a line where facts override your feelings and opinions you can feel however you want but like you can still understand that just because you feel that way and you feel strongly about it doesn't mean it's right doesn't mean everyone you are entitled to the agreeance of everyone you encounter you know and it doesn't also give you the right to impose that view on other people or you know try to make your opinion more valuable than others and I and I think that's a lot of what we see is that people you know you question people and it, it, they react to it like you like you kicked their dog, you know. It's not even uh, telling them they're wrong. It's asking them a question or saying, well, you know, why do you think that way? Or how did you, where did you hear that? Or, you know, and it just, I, I feel like there's just this lack of toughness that's out there, honestly. You know, and you'll find it in adults, kids, like it, it's everyone. Like, I think oftentimes we kind of blame the younger younger generation a lot. And I'm telling you, there are plenty of thin-skinned, pussy-ass, whiny 40-somethings out there. They're out there, and they're out there in droves. You know, and you're, you ask yourself, you're like, where does this end? You know, and, and maybe I didn't recognize it, or maybe I wasn't looking for it, or there wasn't an outlet for it. But I feel like these people in this mindset didn't exist 30 to 40 years ago. You know, and it's unfortunate, and I and I look forward, and I really don't see any reason that it's going to change. Like, if anything, I, I tell myself, oh, it's probably going to get worse. You know, everyone, and I feel like, maybe not everyone, but a lot of people, at least, I feel, walk on eggshells, you know, or feel this need to, to pander so they don't offend someone or you know, someone who's pretending to be marginalized and some, and they ultimately don't want to risk themselves being like a pariah, being ostracized, being canceled, yada, 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 you know, and, and I guess, you know, it always leaves me scratching my head. I may never get an answer to it. And it may be just one of those useless things that I devote pointless mind thinking and reflection to, but you know, and I've always said this on here since day one is like, I don't believe in cancel culture. Um, you know, say whatever you want, say it to whoever you want. Words are just words. You know, I, I don't think there's a need for accountability when it comes to people's ideas and opinions, even especially the ones I disagree with. 
That's right. Especially, 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 especially the ones I disagree with. You know, and maybe that's where I'm different. Maybe that's where conservatives or some people on the right are different. And there's a lot of people on the right that are, you know, just as pathetic and stuff as some of these people on the left can be too. It's it's not completely a partisan thing. I think it's an ideological thing. And it's just whatever, you know, is, is in your head or whatever. You know, and I don't want to silence... Uh, the voice of my opposition. I, I don't. I don't see the value in that. It doesn't make me. If I'm the only one talking, it doesn't mean I'm right. You know. I think you need. We need dialogue. We need discussion. You need debate. Um, thoughtful, logic debate. Not like uh, these long debates that go on online and nobody. You're, you know, my wife used to tell me when I would argue with people, and I, and I was very guilty of that. And I don't do a. a I don't really engage in it anymore just because it, it's unhealthy it's still it's it's a waste of time but she's like you know you're not going to change their mind they're not going to change your mind what's what's the point you know and I felt like you know it's kind of like one of those things where you just feel like hey I'm wearing my team's jersey you're wearing your team's jersey you know and it's like you just the need it and I'm like okay that's true maybe sometimes people don't want to hear everything uh I have to say you know obviously here you do because you come here and seek it out to listen to it those of you that uh, listen every week or whatever, but in general, you know, and I'm like, you know, maybe it's more thoughtful to save those ideas, you know, and, and not not waste the time because it, it's pointless dialogue, you know, and, and the right dialogue is great, but, it, you know, it's in the correct forum at the correct time, but like pissing and moaning and bitching to bitch and, you know, oh, you're dumb, you're stupid, blah, blah, you don't know that, like, what's the point, you know, and... She's totally going to throw this in my face when she listens to it. But um, I personally feel like I've been way better at it, you know. But life is like that, right? You know, you got to, you know, I, I say it to my wife all the time. I say sometimes we just agree to disagree, and that's okay. You know, I'm not one of those people that feels like I'm always right uh, and that, or that I need to be right. I, I, like, I like facts. You know, I like logic. Uh, I like to understand things, and I like sometimes to understand where people are coming from or why they think the way they do, but I don't feel I'm entitled to those answers. And I don't feel like, you know, maybe sometimes I approach it wrong, but I'm not always trying to make people see it my way or think the way I do. I just want them to think in general. And some people don't want to do that. They just want to be... You know, they just want to be in the, in with the other school of fish and just swimming or whatever. You know, and on I feel like on the conservative side, we don't have the privilege that, which I'm using their own logic against them, um, where we can just ramble nonsense everywhere. Like, think about it. Liberals say the craziest, meanest, dumbest shit on social media in mainstream media, government, elected government officials, you know, and they don't get attacked for it. There's no blowback. There's no canceling. There's no accountability, I guess, if you were to use their own words against them. But, like, you know, conservatives do things like that, and they get attacked, canceled, uh, and, and even half the time those things are taken out of context. So you have people getting blown up over things not really said in the manner in which they're portrayed as saying, yet people who come right out and say things, it's like they've never said it. You know, like all the years of 
Joe Biden being a complete racist. Nobody cares about that now. Like the guy's the president. is the president. Nobody cares about it. Guy that had proven for years and years and years he was a racist. His policies were racist and did nothing to benefit the uh, black community. Donald Trump never had any a racist bone in his body mingled uh, with the Al Sharptons, the Jesse Jacksons, all those people received awards from NAACP. Guy becomes president. All of a sudden, he's big racist number one with nothing to back it up. You know, a few quotes that they kind of take out of context and twist around and make the soundbite seem like something. And I'm not on here to defend Trump. I'm just saying if you look at it, you know, you go back and look at the things Joe Biden says. You look at the... The, was it the 94, 96 crime bill? I'm like, even Kamala Harris, who I know portrays being African-American, uh, everything she ever did as attorney general, all it did was lock African-Americans up for uh, smoking weed, which then she laughed about doing in an interview once. So, you know, and I think that's the whole nonsense that goes around is people are just like, you know, you have... People who believe men can get pregnant and have babies. But they're the first ones to throw the word misinformation in someone else's face over their lack of understanding of basic science. And, and it's completely ironic. And I think that's why I always get a kick out of it. Because irony is always like, I'm always like, wow, I dig irony. But I'm just like, what? And it's, I don't know. And I guess that's our society at the moment. It's just babbling idiots making tons of noise and no one's really selling anything you catch or saying anything you catch the irony of that me talking whatever but um that's yeah you know just some random thoughts i was thinking about you know what i realized too last week i didn't talk about and i'm just going to speak about it briefly because i don't have the notes in front of me but last week's episode uh was titled after a ryan bingham song uh, Ryan Bingham actually plays Walker on Yellowstone. He's an amazing musician. Uh, if you like uh, Zach Bryan, uh, your Paul Coffins, uh, Larry Fleet, uh, that kind of outlaw country I was talking about. That that you know, it's kind of under the radar right now in country music. Uh, Ryan Bingham is amazing. Like he is, he's so talented. I know he does a little bit of singing. On Yellowstone, uh, he actually sang, uh, gave Lainey Wilson a break on the show so she could dance with uh, one of the other cowboys, and he performed with the band or whatever. But he's very talented. If you like that kind of western edge of country, I urge you to check. He's got a huge catalog on Apple Music or probably Spotify or wherever you listen to your music. Uh, I use Apple Music. But um, this week's episode is actually brought to you, brought to you, not brought to you by, but based, uh, named after one of my all-time favorite songs uh, by the Counting Crows. Uh, the Counting Crows were actually formed in 1991 in San Francisco, California. Uh, they've sold over 20 million albums. They have Grammy nominations and even an Oscar nomination, which I didn't know, for this song, Accidentally in Love. I believe it was featured in Shrek 2. It might have been Shrek 1. It was one of the Shrek movies. Uh, they kind of burst on the scene with that uh, Mr. Jones song, which everyone's probably singing now once I said it. Um, anyone who's over 35, anyways, has probably heard it. Uh, that was off their uh, first huge mainstream success album, August and Everything After. Um, it had Round Here on it as well. That album would sell 7 million copies in the U.S. alone. 
it's a really good album. I, f I feel like it doesn't get the credit it deserves. Um, there was a lot of good music out at that time, and I think maybe they just... They weren't like the sparkly toy, you know. They weren't outspoken. They just made good music, and I think it kind of just flew under the radar. So they kind of just got lumped in with everything else. But really, really good, really good album. Uh, their next album, Recovering the Satellites, um, another great album. Uh, featuring the song A Long December. Lead singer uh, Adam Duritz also uh, cites Recovering the Satellites as his favorite Counting Crows album. And I felt this song was a great choice uh, as it's about looking back and kind of reflecting on the past year and even parts of your life. Um, you know, as we get closer to the new year, that that kind of seems to be where our minds often go. And honestly, I, I recall from the first time I heard this song, I, I loved it. I, I thought it was very well written. Um, you know, how Adam Duritz kind of describes aspects and events in his life. The song is actually inspired by the tragedy of one of his good friends being struck by a car. Uh, and when you listen to it, you can kind of hear some of that mixed in. Um, you know, he talks about the positives, not about being struck by a car, but, but as far as life and the optimism going forward into the next year. And it's, it's honestly just a, a really, really brilliant song. Um, if you've never heard it, uh, find you a quiet place, enjoy it. it, it it's quite good. Um, a little bit of a longer song, but, uh, it's a great song, you know, and it's kind of cool when I think about, you know, all these years later, I believe it was released in 1997, which is what, 25 years ago. And it's still, you know, I'm like, wow, you know, I can't tell you. And I don't know much about current, you know, rock pop that's on the radio today. Like think of anything that'll still be relevant in 25 years. So there's, there's that, you know, and obviously, there's bands that surpass that, you know, when I think of, like, I remember when I saw Bob Seger in concert, and he played a song, and he was like, this song's 60 years old. I was like, no, no, it's not. And then I was like, holy shit. And I was like, wow. You know, and it's so, you know, good music stands the test of time. I think it's, you know, it does it a service. If we talk about it, ex expose people to it. I think that's one of the things I like. I love when somebody uh, gives me a new artist to listen to or, you know, you, you get this whole catalog, and you can go down a rabbit hole. Sometimes you listen to, uh, you know, like when you listen to somebody like Zach Bryan on uh, Apple Music, it's like, oh, you should also try this. You know, Brian Bingham and Larry Fleet and all these other, and you're like, wow, there's this whole stuff out there I, I didn't even fucking know existed, you know? And you're like, it's so good, and you feel like, man, everybody should know about this, you know? So maybe that's just my opinion. That's why I like to share it with you guys and talk about it with you guys and sometimes I feel bad because I sometimes forget the uh, aspect of it um, the music aspect of the show or whatever a lot of people like it so when I forget about it I, I hear about it you know sometimes the song titles just kind of fit in with whatever uh, message I was trying to deliver the the going back to irony the irony of a long December for the title uh, of this episode is that I feel like December's flown by to think next you know next week is well technically it's sunday now because it's midnight but next you know a week from today from this moment right now is christmas day and i'm like holy shit you know and then two weeks is fucking new year's and it's 2023 and it's like where, where does it go you know and we talk about that all the time but um 
Anyways, so I hope everyone has a great week, has all your Christmas stuff planned. Uh, hope you enjoyed tonight's show. As always, I appreciate you joining, chiming in, um, listening wherever you are, uh, around the world apparently, uh, all over the country. Apparently we need more listeners in Wyoming. That seems to be a state where I don't get a lot of listens. I don't know if they don't have Spotify or internet or whatever. Uh, I spent very little time driving through Wyoming when we went to Colorado, so um, maybe there's just nothing out there to do or they're too busy uh doing the whole yellowstone thing i don't know but uh as always uh thanks for tuning in hope you guys enjoyed the show we'll talk to you next week